I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. You know, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. You know, the thing is, we're here now, so just be here now. That's all I gotta say. Welcome to Unhinged, episode 39, recorded February 12th, 2017. I want to start today's show with a big congratulations to you, Doug, for beating your remission record. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So as of Friday, today is Sunday, as of Friday, you tied your record at three months and now you've beaten it. I always feels good when I'm beating it. Um, <laughs> okay. We'll just leave that there. Go on. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get you smiling. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah, it's a record. I've only had a handful or less than a handful of remissions, uh, but none of them, uh, as, uh, productive as this one. It's definitely a better quality, um, as to why science doesn't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but you know, I've been working and volunteering anyways, which is in a sense, working um yeah but uh, getting out of the the home um anxiety levels uh differential and i'll get into that because we're going to talk about anxiety and anxiety disorders as we said we would last show um but uh yeah it's it's a great feeling and and it's still a you know take it day day by day process right Uh, the follow-up that i had at the hospital was actually a five-year follow-up Wow. So it's been five years. February sixth uh, was the, f- the five year anniversary of the uh, surgery and the procedure. Wow. So um, you know there are people who, you know, the, the the more people respond earlier, the better chance long term they have. But my case, um, you know, the doctor was quite stunned that that it's gone this well. Yeah. And so far, we're two for two. Um, with the Meg study uh, imaging results. So that's what we're sticking by. And obviously something's happening, something's working. The first one had a positive effect, which lasted about two and a half months. Mm-hmm. That was our remission show. Right. Uh, and uh, this one now is more than that and a better quality one. Um, so, yeah. And it had, you know, I mean, it, you've had, periods of uh you know very down periods in between these remissions so they haven't you know Mm -hmm. the the previous ones haven't lasted and even when you were going through them uh i think you felt and you you even said that the quality of this remission was not you know you always felt like there was still something not quite right yeah exactly and that's why again maintaining an open book and talking as openly as i can and not hyper analyzing things, but, but analyzing them, yes. taking variables in and out and keeping them just like the study does, keeping my own self the same, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, can really, you know, sh- show those subtle differences. Do you think that the, the quality of this remission, uh, 
is this much better because you're volunteering and because you're doing the show? I, I mean, do you think those things add to the the quality of the remission? Well, I mean, you know, first thing I would say is you, it can't hurt. Yeah. Uh, the question is how much the psychology can influence the quality of the remission as well as uh, influence fighting against relapse. Right. Uh, still, that's new science. That's kind of uncharted waters. Yes. Uh, so we'll be, I'll be monitored closely mm -hmm. and we'll talk about it. And, um, you know, um, we're headed in the right direction, surely. So, so you mentioned, um, the, the fear of relapse, uh, it, that must cause you some anxiety at this point. I think it just contributes to the generalized anxiety. Uh, the previous remission, I was more ruminating on that. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, I'm just, I'm really trying not to think about it. And uh, adding to the point in the question that you asked before, um, you know, I think by keeping myself more busy with more constructive, uh, focused attention driven activities uh keeps my mind from thinking about that right so um but i don't even find myself doing that when i go to sleep which is the perfect opportunity to ruminate about anything that's at the forefront of your mind yeah and it's really not you know um so have you been getting better sleep during this remission yeah i mean you know that is one of the telltale signs um and if people have listened throughout the shows, uh, when I fall into a remission, um, I basically end up going to sleep. Uh, my my sleep patterns turn into like a ninety year old man. I did, except <laughs> for wetting the bed. But I uh, I go to sleep at about nine nine thirty. I'm out and I'm up at five five thirty in the morning. Yeah. So um, no matter how I try to change my clock, but if that's a side effect no problem. So how has it been now that you're volunteering, you're actually going out, leaving your apartment multiple times a week. Um, how, how has that affected your social anxiety? Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's, it's been better. Um, you know, it's not like when I first started. So I've noticed a, a big change in that. Um, not carrying the cane all the time. Matter of fact, very little of the time. Interesting. So um, it's, um, I'm just dealing, um, yeah. finding other coping strategies, um, you know, uh, to deal with those types of things, you know, hopefully getting a seat mm -hmm. uh, and then either listening to music or just putting my head down and closing my eyes and just doing a little mindfulness and, um, I don't have to look up and see that there are a trillion people and mm -hmm. and in my head ruminate about how oh, well, there's 7 million people in this damn city and this is pathetic and, you know, because, you know, that will drive you crazy if you're crazy. Now, are these conscious efforts you have to make uh, while you're, like, for example, while you're on the bus traveling uh, to work, do you consciously have to think about, you know, that I... I don't have to worry about the population. I don't have to uh, worry if I get a seat or not. And if I don't, it's no big deal. Does no, that absolutely. It's, it's a, it's a lot of work because 
the anxiety is already hit. It's instant. Yeah. Those triggers are not fixed by any means. Yeah. So as soon as I even get close to seeing a train or a bus or the subway coming, it's instant anxiety that I must then fight. Mm-hmm. Now, one way of fighting is popping a benzo. Another way to fight is to use these coping strategies. Right. And and CBT and changing your beliefs. And, you know, um, that's how we can effectively fight anxiety. Some of us need the help of, of benzo in particularly stressing situations, you know, but um, no, it, it's, it's always, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So it's a, and, a, it's a matter of education then too, because a lot of people might have these anxieties and don't know how to cope with them. Don't know these strategies. Uh, so it's, yeah. And also for the, for the supports out, you know, that you have, um, you know, when you say I'm in a remission, and they go, oh, great. Well, then everything's groovy. Right. You know, they don't realize that, okay, now the psychology is is now taking over this work. Now there's all this work to do. Yes. Uh, the, the DBS and the correction uh, of the parts of the brains that, that weren't working properly, um, you know, uh, it's working and now gotten me to the point where I can now work on the psychology. Yeah. Um, and you know at, so at this point that means that you have to learn how to be normal since you were never quote unquote normal um before and now your remission has brought you to a level of and i keep using the word normal but you know what i mean by that it, um just yeah yeah uh, and so now you have well, to learn healthy, how to healthier brain just you know yeah exactly and and now you have to learn how to cope with emotions in a new way because now they're affecting you differently before a certain emotion might have been a, an instant trigger that would just send you spiraling into the depths right uh, where now i can catch 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 a little early maybe mm-hmm. or the trigger doesn't come on as strong so it's ma- it's a little bit more manageable mm-hmm. but yet still still work you know? Yeah. Well, and now, now you have this emotion coming in that's not triggering the the massive negative, but you still have to learn how to deal with that emotion in a, you know, in a positive way. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about the differences, the different types of anxiety, but you know, some of it is just generalized anxiety where I'll just be, let's say, sitting at home uh, watching television, and then all of a sudden I just get very anxious. Yeah. But no, with no trigger, that's mm-hmm. just because my brain, you know, my brain's got issues and, you know, this thing, just like the normals are, you know, have mood fluctuations, mm-hmm. even with this thing going, there's going to be fluctuations in all types of things, mostly directed to the amygdala and, and emotions and, um, and fears and, you know, and anxiety. Right. You know? Um, so that's where a lot of the work comes in. Um, and it's all a matter of, again, you know, you know being aware of your triggers, mm-hmm. you know, having that, the toolbox, your wellness toolbox, so you can pull out a strategy for dealing with certain things at certain moments. Yep. And, um, you know, uh, I, really, I have, you know, just being self-aware. I, I have to imagine that uh, working at the Mood Disorders Association and talking to other people uh, who have um, uh, uh, mental health issues 
must be helpful for you to be able to, you know, see other people's, how other people react to things and, you know, be able to compare how you're doing it and then help them. And in, in a way, in turn, they help you. Yeah, believe it or not, I'm learning more from when I co-facilitate groups. Mm -hmm. um, I learn from the people, the participants of the group, and I learn from the co-facilitator as well, Yeah, my fellow co-facilitator, uh, more so than just everyday interaction, hmm. um, you know, and, um, you know, and avoiding the, you know, the, the, the disease competition, you know, I went right. through this, which I don't know, but I went through this. So what, what's been the most challenging obstacle or maybe not obstacle, but the most, most challenging thing that you've come across, uh, since this remission started as far as having to deal with new emotions or, uh, you know, social anxiety, uh, what's been challenging? Um, I think the social aspect, um, I'm, I'm, you know, my major comorbid condition other than anxiety is ADD. So, um, you know, I don't have a lot of patience to, um, you know, whether it be going through trainings or certain things that you must sit through yeah. that most people could just do. And, and, and if they're, if they've already taken that course, they can bite the bullet for me. It's like, I don't really have that. It's like, listen, I need to be out doing something. I should be helping people. There are people out there that are crying yeah. for help and I'm sitting in this thing. And, um, so it's just sort of being patient. Um, yeah. The disease itself is not showing me, you know, uh, I'm not used to having things come to me positive. Right. Like, you know, so uh, I still don't, I still can't really look through that black wall yet and see this glorious future. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just trying to live in the present and hope that the more people that meet me and the more I talk to will lead to things. And, um, you know, I have to obviously from a realistic standpoint, monetize something soon, get off disability, you know, mm -hmm. when I can, yep. when we notice that we have four months, five months, six months in the bank, you know, then we could start really talking about hope. And uh, so I want to get a feel for what that's going to be now. So it'll leave me with even more hope and, and a plan. Yeah. And at yeah. the same time, I'll have a crisis plan as well. And uh, should I unfortunately have, you know, I have that chance of falling. So if I do fall, uh, maybe I'll have a better plan in place. Um, right. Know. Cause now, now is the time to make those plans because you're in a much that's better right. state frame of mind. Um, that's right. To do so. So that's, that's another thing to take away from this is when you are feeling better, uh, that's the time to really get into all the, uh, all the toolbox, right. knowing which, tools to pull out in what situations right right and again you know i have this that and i have the supports in place uh you are, are the number one support um but um so that's there and then again just you know crisis prevention and yeah. um uh, which i've started because i've linked my social worker uh who is a, a master's in social work so um, she's very good and she's introduced herself to my, uh, neurosurgeon as well as my general practitioner. And, um, so they're all sort of linked as a support system. Mm -hmm. Um, so I got that done. Um, great. 
And so I guess, you know, the other challenges are just sort of, uh, again, all the work that needs to be done. It's kind of daunting. Um, And the other thing is, uh, you know, I'm still alone. Um, Yeah. And, you know, um, that's difficult. That's when I can have sort of a, a malaise, you know, come over me knowing though that, okay, the, the, the neurology is still intact, Yeah, but I need something to fill something here. Well, and that so sounds it like feels it feels more like, normal. Yeah. That, that's a, that's one of the examples of an emotion coming through to you now that you have to deal with. Whereas before any loneliness feeling you might've ha- that has, you know, come over you would be attributed to this depression this disease yeah, be crying hysterically where here i'm just kind of now you know, yeah now I, you realize oh now i feel lonely and you know what happens next you know um right i say now you know i wish i hope that i will have that and mm-hmm. the hulk says i'll never fucking have that right so it's you know two different ways of thinking um, and uh yeah. yeah so so what about worry so worry is one of those topics that you know, worry can lead to, you know, so many anxieties. Uh, and by worrying, it's, it's you know, one of our favorite words, rumination. You start ruminating over things. You start, uh, you know, worrying that something is going to happen. Uh, like yeah. we were talking yeah, about, you know, you worry about your relapse um, uh, or worrying about relapse. That could cause a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. Yeah, and if you look at it simply, like worry is the psychology where anxiety is, you know, how it how it uh, manifests itself yeah. physically. Yep, uh, a lot of physical manifestations there. But um, so, yeah, the anxiety is a tough thing because it can kind of cripple your momentum mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. Um, so I did, you know, I did want to kind of go over just sort of uh, some generalized anxiety stuff. Um, you know, so people could recognize what's worry, mm-hmm. what's just regular worry, and when you know it becomes something that you really have to look at and maybe get treatment for, right? Um, you know, because everybody feels anxious now and again. You know, it's a normal emotion. Um, you know, many people feel nervous when they're faced with a problem at work, or yep. you know, before you take a test, or you're making an important decision, or traveling. Uh, for example, in your case, traveling, right? Yeah. Uh, but anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. It's my uh, Australian came out there. Yes. Uh, but anxiety disorders are different because uh, they can cause such distress that it interferes with, you know, your entire ability to to lead a normal life. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a serious mental illness um, for for people who have. Uh, you know, that type of disorder, worry and fear, they're constant, they're overwhelming and, and can literally just disable you. Mm-hmm. But luckily with treatment, many people can manage those feelings and get back to a fulfilling life. Yeah. Um, and that's for sure. And and there's a clip I wanted you to play, actually, um, and uh, which is just kind of very simply gives that uh, uh, explanation of sort of when to know Uh, It's worry, or could you possibly have an anxiety disorder? Yep, and here's when worry turns to anxiety from WebMD. Worry is a part 
uh, of everybody's life uh, in our culture, but at times it can become excessive and cascade into other things. We can have a thought that produces a panicky sensation or symptom. So worry can turn into panic symptoms. If we start to fear the recurrence of panic, that can be panic disorder. But the simple answer really is when worry starts to interfere in your daily life, when it gets in the way of your occupation, your social world, the way you function in your family, the way you feel, or if it starts to affect your mood, then's a really good time to get professional help. There are great treatments for anxiety. If you start to feel some suffering and again, start to see interference or decline in performance in any of those areas I mentioned, that's a good time to get treatment. Yeah, that sounds a, a lot like, I mean, I can relate to that when I was getting uh, my panic attacks years ago. Um, it, it was one of those things where I did start fearing the panic attacks and that yeah. causes its own anxiety. Well, like you, that's panic disorder and panic right. disorder is basically worrying about uh, or, or being anxious about being anxious. Yes, you know, exactly. And it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, luckily in my case, you know, after some Paxil that I was on for a little while and then weaning myself off of that, it never returned. Uh, which I'm very thankful for, but yeah, you I, have a healthy brain. You just had sort of a rogue neuron or a synapse yeah. or something that was corrected, and yep, you know, it's like a sprained ankle, right? You exactly. Uh, but I can't, I can't even imagine having to go through that uh, just on a regular basis. That's right. So scary. That's thing. I live with it, so it's just it's frame of reference, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, yeah, I remember. You know that, you know? I, I remember one of your big relapses um, when you were talking to me. You, you, first of all, you had a, a, a really hard time even getting up the courage to talk to anybody, yeah. including me. Yeah. And when you finally would, you would just say that you had this overwhelming feeling of dread and that it just was constant and would not go away. And I think it lasted days. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it just lasted weeks, you know, yeah. months before. And, you know, that's the, the um, you know, as far as my particular disease being rare, uh, it gets to that level for that long. It's not typical. Right. Um, you know. Thank goodness. <laughs> and when I look back, you know, and I, you know, I always told you that, it was nice to hear the 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 science of you know of my disease the, the neurology aspect and the genetic aspect and and knowing that from my first thoughts that like i just wasn't all there yeah um but what i know i had you know from day one is is social phobia just because uh of that yeah so because of it was so strong and and neurologically based um you know it was a real more panicky feeling and a real strong feeling um no anxiety is comfortable right um, but um so i might as well at this point differentiate the few you know the types of, of anxiety mm -hmm. um because you know so we're talking about social phobia also called called social anxiety disorder and it really just involves overwhelming worry and being self-conscious about everyday situations um, and the worry often centers on a fear of being judged by others or behaving in a way that might cause embarrassment or lead to ridicule and you know mm. so it's very difficult to be around others you're just 
yeah. constantly, you know, they're looking at me and they're thinking this and, and your head's all distorted. So you can imagine what they're thinking, but you can't. Right. You, but you're filling in the blanks incorrectly. So you're sitting there just a confused mess and a panic yeah. mess. Yep. What you dealt with, with was panic disorder and people with this type of condition have feelings of terror that just strikes suddenly and yep. repeatedly with no warning. Mm -hmm. uh, th there are other symptoms like sweating or chest pains or palpitations, which could be usually strong, irregular heartbeats, yep. uh, even a feel of like, like choking. Mm. Um, it can feel like you're having a heart attack or you're going crazy. Which yeah, for me, is probably going through your mind. Well, for me, I, I didn't get the physical pain or anything like that, but I got a, a sudden uh, and illogical feeling that I was literally about to die, like right that second, uh, right. and and that there was nothing I could do to stop it. And that was, and it would last, you know, twenty seconds, and then I'd be fine. Uh, it was just, yeah. it was very detrimental, though, if you're driving, for example it makes it even worse because you're, you're in a situation where you could literally die. Um, well, that's why it's good. You, you nipped it in the bud and then you didn't end yeah. up with a fear of, of getting fear. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And there are other specific phobias too, that people have, um, you know, that are intense fears of something specific like heights or flying or, you right, know, right. And the level of fear is, is usually inappropriate to the situation. Yeah. So, you know, it, and it might cause you to avoid common everyday situations because mm -hmm. uh, that's why you call it a phobia, you know. Well, um, but now hang on. So I would never, ever in my life jump out of an airplane that that's it's it's crazy to me to think that. I mean, there's no way I would do it. Uh, so I have a fear. I have a phobia of heights and of falling. Um but I would not call that an irrational fear because that's freaking no, dangerous. <laughs> and you don't have an anxiety disorder because you know that people are just, you know, different parts of their brains are, you know, looking for a little bit more. Uh, they need higher amounts of stimulation most yeah. likely. And uh, no, forget about it. I mean, if an elevator stops for more than two seconds, I start panicking. <laughs> yeah. So forget about no, a bun yeah, the bungee thing. My my wife has been skydiving a few times. And, really? Oh yeah. And oh. I'm literally on the ground thinking, well, I'm gonna be single now. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I start getting panic uh, from her being up in the sky. Um, but I mean, now, what do you mean you're getting panic? Like, well, I, I I shouldn't say that. I I was very nervous the whole time she was in the plane. Both was times. that uncomfortable? Nervous? Oh yeah, like I had quit smoking years prior to that, but when, the pack. but when yeah when she was up there, I started smoking again just that day because I was so nervous that so she was that, jumping out of an, an airplane. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to be. Uh, was she with somebody doing it? Oh yeah, it was a tandem. Uh, she she went with friends. Um, That's what I mean. So she was with friends. She was with friends. Yeah, and uh, they all went up, and I was on the ground looking at them thinking you guys are just insane. <laughs> so you don't have to have a mental illness then to be aware of self-care and maybe suggest that that's not somewhere you want to go with her next time. You'd rather not go. Yeah. And I think well, but she, I she mean, would very much understand why. Oh yeah. No. And she totally gets it. Um, 
not that I would panic any less if I was at home and knowing she was doing this. Um, I'd still be nervous about it. But it's not a it's not a an all encompassing fear and dread like I had when I was getting panic attacks. It's, it was a different thing. Um, right, and and that's probably why now we know you don't have generalized anxiety disorder, which again is what I sort of deal with, which right. is uh, it's excessive, unrealistic worry and tension, even if there's little or nothing to provoke the anxiety. So it's it's like I was saying, you know, this is just. It, it can just happen without yeah. any specific trigger. Yeah. Uh, just all of a sudden, get, you know, and that's, it's kind of like having a uh, acid reflux or something, you know, that it, you know, for yeah. me, it's a constant one. So I take a pill every day, but some people just have it, you know, come, once in a while. You, the trigger was, you know, really heavy pizza or spicy yeah. or, and they have to go and take their tums or whatever. Right. Right. So, um, and as far as the symptoms of anxiety, which I'm sure the listeners are very well aware, but if not, just to get an idea or uh, feelings of panic, fear, and uneasiness, um, most of us have problems, problems sleeping, um, cold or sweaty hands or feet, mm. um, shortness of breath, heart palpitations, just being fidgety and not being able to just sit and be calm and mm -hmm. still. Um, dry mouth, numbness or tingling in the hands or feet. Uh, it could lead to nausea, which I've had. Uh, muscle tension, which I always have. I've had it. I can't remember when I didn't have muscle tension. Yeah. Uh, and even dizziness. You know. Um, what are the causes? It's really still to this point the exact cause is just not known. Um, but anxiety disorders, like other forms of of mental illness. Um, it's not about you being weak or a character flaw or a poor upbringing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, scientists are continually learning uh, with research on mental illness. It's becoming clear that many of these disorders are caused by a combination of factors, uh, and generally, it's changes in the brain um, coupled with uh, or and environmental stress and yeah. stressors. I, I have to think that part of the reason why you have social anxiety disorder is because you were bullied as a child and that has oh, to have a sure. direct effect. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of trauma. Um, there's a lot of trauma and then 30 years of just being alone. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of triggers, you know, and you know, it's, it's very hard, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, fighting Apollo Creed without a trainer. Yeah. You know, and I never boxed before. You know, it's a, it's right. a tough fight. Yeah. It's a tough fight for anybody, no matter what level of the disease, no matter what type of anxiety or depression you have. Mm -hmm. It's like a script. You know, when I talk to groups of people or one on one, you know, people go through the same thing. They feel useless. They feel worthless. They, they have this regret and they feel guilty and they can't stop crying. And, yeah. you know, it's just like you could just show them. See that guy just said the same thing. That guy just said, you know, the 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 illness has its own language. Yeah, you know, and it's it's further evidence that because I always tell them this that it's the disease talking. It's not you, Brian. It's the disease. It's the brain. Yeah, that's why I said Brian. I don't know why it came up. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, let's talk about um what some of the 
common things you can do to to help any sort of anxiety, general anxiety, social anxiety? Uh, what what are some of the tools in that in that toolbox? Well, they've made a lot of progress over the last about two decades uh, in the treatment of people with mental illness in general, but including anxiety disorders. Um, and the approach, you know, depends on the type of disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, you know, the typical therapies, uh, and again, this is once you know you have an anxiety disorder, is um, typical go-to are medications. Mm-hmm. Um drugs to reduce the symptoms of anxiety disorders and um, many of the antidepressants actually work uh, for that Uh, certain anticonvulsant medications Hmm. uh, which are typically the benzodiazepines you know the the xanax and the clonazepams and such Um, what what is what is paxil Paxil is an antidepressant that's a serotonin reuptake inhibitor an SSRI so it's very much the same as uh, Prozac, right. uh, very similar. So but that's com- the- common for uh, to be given Paxil for so for anxiety disorder or panic disorder. Well, it's usually given. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about that with with what you went through. Luckily, it worked, so yeah, everything's groovy. Although I don't know if you know another doctor may have given you a benzodiazepine instead, right? But many of the antidepressants uh, do have um, anti-anxiety properties to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and likely that's because, you know, depression and anxiety are like Laurel and Hardy, you know, they're always together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and one causes symptoms for the other. And, and, you know, just like, you know, me not being able to reach out, uh, you know, those times it's probably a combination of being so depressed and so sad well, who, what the fuck does it matter? And I don't, I don't want to, you know, I'm a mess. So why should I push it onto others? Right. It's a very selfless thing. And I always think that way. So I am proud of myself on that end. Yeah. But, but it keeps me withdrawing, you yeah. know, and my crisis, you know, toolbox is withdrawing and that right. has to now come out and be replaced with a different tool. Right. You know, so things like Paxil, they might work, but they have other side effects that we might not want. And, and I'm only speaking from my experience uh, because, and I think I mentioned this before, when I did take Paxil for, for my panic attacks, it was working, but it kind of made me like a zombie. Uh, it was slowly changing my personality. Um, right. And I wasn't the, you know, happy-go-lucky, funny guy or whatever. I was just kind of going through the day in a, in a zombie-like state. Um, yeah, and that's which, not atypical. And you were probably given a low dose. Yes, but you, very. But you didn't have mental issues before that. Right. So, you know, I mean, you didn't go like me 30 years just back to back to back to back on medications. Yeah. You know, so you always felt, you know, I always felt like a zombie and, 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 mood uh, you know um mood medications typically that's one of the typical things you go through along with insomnia and a lot of gi issues and yeah you know so if they are going to use an antidepressant typically they'll use uh, you know sort of one of the standard ones that are mo- more tolerated mm. paxil is one that's more easily tolerated yeah or an abilify or you know some sometimes they use uh 
low-dose antipsychotics, uh, like Aseroquel is a popular one. Um, and there, there's other ones. And then, of course, psychotherapy, right. um, which is, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy is, is, is a, a person learns to, to recognize and change thought patterns and behaviors that lead to those troubled feelings. Yeah. So, and being aware of your triggers and, and, but again, learning things like your diet and lifestyle and, and how they affect uh, your anxiety and then relaxation therapy is, is great. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I guess the point and, is that there's there's so many different uh, types of, of anxiety disorders and so many different types of people that, you know, not one treatment's going to work for every person. So it takes right. it right. takes knowing your doctor knowing uh, who you are and, uh, you know, what what works for you, as well as you knowing how to um let those, you know, when you're taking something, let the doctor know how it's making you feel. Like when I was taking the Paxil, I decided I don't like this anymore. <laughs> I'm not getting panic attacks, but I don't feel right. So I told my doctor I was just going to wean myself off of it. He, you know, he cautioned me. Um, and, you know, he did say uh, that I should probably talk to a psychologist um but i didn't i i decided to just wean myself off and i did and nothing bad ever happened um but that was just yeah that's good and he was just erring on the side of caution of course that's very good you know luckily you didn't need that and if you were still you know had a recurring situation whatever then you'd know what to do at least right exactly so i want to ask you can anxiety disorders be prevented? No, they can't be prevented necessarily, but there are some things you can do to control or, or lessen your symptoms. Um, and they're kind of um, touched on briefly in something that I had read, but uh, one thing is kind of obvious is to stop uh, or reduce the consumption of products uh, that have caffeine in it. Um, like coffee, tea, cola, or energy drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hate to say chocolate. Um, chocolate, not so much because I don't think it has quite the consumption as the others, but uh, that's just a natural. You know, if you're prone to, you know, being on the sort of the cusp of anxiety or not, those are things you should probably stay away from, just as I stay away from aspartame, knowing it's a serotonin inhibitor. Right. So, um, you know, uh, there are some over the counter herbal remedies that. You know, if you if you do some reading, you find something that, that makes sense. Uh, pharmacists know a lot more than you think, uh, so you know that's always a good uh, you know thing. But right. really, just trying mindfulness techniques are really, you know, it, you know they get into a lot of different things. But it could be just as simple as like when I'm on the bus, uh, or if I go to sit in the park, uh, and I just sort of close my eyes and, and lay back, relaxed, and and I just try and focus on one sound, like I hear a specific bird. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to hone in on that bird and, and everything else. You know, if you really keep concentrating on that bird and just keep listening for it, it just sort of takes your mind and, and all that other stuff. You realize it afterwards that, wow, I wasn't thinking about anything for a second. Yeah, yeah. It feels very good. It's very cathartic. Interesting. So you try to hyper-focus yeah. on one thing to drown out everything else. 
yeah and it's uh or, or just for us like put on a a song that's got a, like a nice groove and just listen to the bass line yeah you know just this yeah. just, just only to the bass line picture his fingers going you know so go deeper into just deeper into this one specific corner thought you know and everything else would just sort of be at bay and you're not all of a sudden you're stopping all that yeah noise you know so so mindfulness can be just as simple as that yeah um you know so uh anxiety uh is a bitch and she can be in heat uh, <laughs> but uh, there are ways you know to you just need to address it and not become weak by it yeah uh it's, it's just a fight there's work involved no doubt but there's a lot of supports out there there's a lot of great new data and new studies and um so uh luckily for me again this remission has really been uh, very good quality and i don't have the type of anxiety that i did um and, and the, the takeaway is sorry and, and the kind of anxiety you still do have you're learning to deal with and in, in very good ways yeah i mean you know the, the i think it'd be a miracle to think that the dbs can can calm the amygdala down so much. No, I think I'll always be a very mm -hmm. emotionally triggered person, somebody who will always have that generalized anxiety, but hopefully the levels of it will go down as it right. has. Um, will I ever be, you know, the life of the party? Probably not, <laughs> you know. Um, so, but it gets better and better when your self-concept goes up and the more self-aware you are. Yeah. And the healthier you are mentally, the more you can work on these things. Definitely. Um, and the brain can learn new things. And uh, so you can, you know, alter what you believe is yourself and your self-concept. And uh, yep. so it's exciting. And only you can help prevent forest fires. That's right. They should still play that because <laughs> really it's still true. Uh, th I think they do. I think Smokey the Bear is still out there. I wonder if we have that in Canada. Maybe not. You probably have a moose. Or a, like an ice puck or something. <laughs> a maple <No>. leaf. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your DBS checkup? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, no changes were made uh, to the settings. Great. And uh, because the level's low, I, he said you might have another year on this battery, which is, you, if you remember, I was having surgery every year. Right, so I might actually get get an extra year. That's how 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 much the battery uh, uh, varies. Because now I'm at about level three of intensity, where I used to be at an average around eight. It's amazing so, that a lower intensity level is having such a positive effect. So it's it has nothing to do with the amount, you know, the the intensity of uh, the DBS. It's it's just well, right now it doesn't. Right, uh, it, but it but if it, if for some reason I fall down some, mm -hmm. if we don't see it go like right from Banner to Hulk, if we see some down some, then I can run in there and he can raise it up. Yeah, that's likely what you do is keep the setting where it is because, right? I guess theoretically you're probably you know like you were saying you know the 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 levels down because probably the DBS thanks to the mag imaging is pointing in the right spot. Right yeah. now, at least. Right, right. Uh, if that changes, because either it's, quote, unquote, developing a tolerance, you know, it's mm -hmm. not 
that's not neurology. They'd kill me for saying that. But, uh, you know, it, it, uh, we wouldn't move it. We would, I'm sure his go-to would be, all right, let's move it up just by. Yeah, half yeah, yeah. Whatever. Right, and that and, makes perfect sense. I mean, it sounds like you, it's, like you said, pointed in the right direction now. And, and now the intensity level could be the first step in if, if anything should happen rather than changing the, you know, position or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, if like you're, you're lost uh, driving or something, but going faster is not going to let you find where you're going. <laughs> right. You know? So I don't know if that's a good analogy. Or not. I don't know, but it's, uh, but uh, yeah, so I can say anything cause I'm a wackadoodle. So if it comes out weird, Hey, yeah. And I can always edit you out. Uh, the power control thing you have. Yeah. I have the power. It's the Darth Vader of the editing room. <laughs> so um, if anyone has anything interesting they want to uh, hear about, uh, talk about, uh, let us know. Yeah, just go to our site. Uh, visit us on Facebook, um, Twitter. Just send us a message anyway. We're, we're out there available. Yeah, and the, of course the Unhinged Podcast Facebook page and group has... All kinds of good information and uh, things to make you laugh and take your mind off other stuff that you don't want to be thinking about. Definitely. That's well, what we're here for, man. Doug, congratulations again on your current record for remission. And Thank here's to much. hoping it continues. Here's to hoping. That's our show for today. We want to thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Please follow us on Twitter at UnhingedPC, and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash unhingedpodcast. Also, be sure to check out our website if you haven't done so already. It's at unhingedpodcast.com. We'll see you all next week.